BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. This this podcast, we are talking Dynasty Ranks, the Rookie Ranks 2.0 post-Summer League edition. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at BallBoysNBA and on Instagram at BallBoysFantasyBasketball. Join with me, as normal, uh, Callum Mack, the fantasy guru. How are you, man? Um, yeah, Mitch, you're doing well. Uh, as you know, it's off-season. So we've got to find something to talk about. So let's talk about some rooks again. Let's go. Yeah, so this will be um, this will be kind of like our last dynasty-centered rookie class-focused podcast. Starting next week, we're going to start to slowly ramp up our sort of preseason pods. We're starting with our, you know, usually the, the podcast that kicks off the preseason for us, which is the top 12 or the, or the first round mock draft, which will be coming next week. And that'll sort of kick off what we're calling season three of the Ball Boys Fantasy Podcast. Um, but this will be our last sort of dynasty-focused podcast for all of you guys who have your rookie drafts coming up. I know I have mine um, this weekend coming up for a few um, dynasty leagues. So last little bit of prep in here. We're going to go 60 deep, so covering lots of rooks. For all you 20 and 30 team deep uh, leagues out there, we'll be covering all the first and second round picks um, So and breaking them down into tiers as well. So uh, lots to get through today, so let's let's get stuck straight into it. Um, now this is, I'll put put it up for the top there. This is my list and, and Callum, you're going to be letting me know whether you agree or disagree. Um, you know, sometimes we share opinions, sometimes we have differing opinions, but it all creates a uh, good conversation. So we'll start at tier one. Um, Compared to uh, the first Dynasty Rookie rankings, the first few guys, I'm not going to change too much. And at Tier 1, still only has one player in it for me, and it's Chet Holmgren. Um, some people might say that Paolo you know, might be up there next to Chet. For me, I'm taking Chet every day of the week. I'm not really even thinking about Paolo. Uh, are you thinking about Paolo at pick number one here, Cal, or are you with me in saying that Chet's on his own tier? 
Um, I, I think you, you can consider Paolo if you really want to. Uh, he did put a good showcase on in the Summer League if, if you like that kind of stuff. Um, he will have more points in terms of output if that's what your team needs. But I think in terms of overall fantasy output, what check could be with the blocks specifically, with some threes, um, he could be that classic kind of unicorn guy that is really hard to find and, and can be great um, on, on a, in a fantasy um, kind of basis. I think when it, when we're strictly talking fantasy and fantasy numbers and translations, Chet has to be one of the best fantasy translators in the last several years. Um, when you purely just take his numbers from college and put them over into the NBA, he has the probably the most legitimate shot at being the number one fantasy player that we've had since maybe Luca was drafted. Um, a few years ago because of the fact that he's going to get you blocks. The field goal percentage is going to be insanely high. He's going to be a good free throw shooter. He's going to get you threes. His assists are going to be decent. The rebounds are going to be solid. Um, his points, whilst not going to be sky high, will be enough, um, I think. The field goal... Uh, sorry, the um, the steals might be a bit low, but outside of that, he's pretty much uh, an all-around contributor in a lot of different categories, and he's not going to hurt you anywhere. Um, some people might have concerns with the frame and, and durability and things like that, so that might be the only red flag. Um, for me personally, I'm not worried. There's no injury history so far in his career, so I'm willing to sort of put him out there. And there's, I know a lot on Twitter people get very excited, and there's a lot of talk about him going top 40, top 35 in redraft leagues um, this as early as next <laughs> season. I don't know if we can get behind that. Like That's a bit, let's pump the brakes a little bit there, but... He definitely could be a top 50 player in his rookie season. Um, not to say that I might draft him there, but he, he just, um, I feel like he's going to walk into the NBA and be a special fantasy player. Where would you go? Yeah, definitely in the team that he's in, uh, in OKC, he'll be given a lot of court time. Yeah. He'll have a lot of plays run through him to, to get potentially some, some better points um, and some better three-point uh, totals as well on, on that end. So I, I think I do agree. Um, blocks... Uh, one stat in fantasy that are super, super valuable. And I think that is kind of why he is boasted up here in, in, in a tier of his own. Yeah, blocks, threes, free throw percentage, definitely that unicorn type stat set. And when you can combine it with good field goal percentage, that's, again, pretty rarefied air. Not other Many other players can, can sort of provide you. Let's go on to tier two. I have made a slight change in my tier two. I think in my previous iteration of this rookie rankings, I had Jabari Smith at number two. Uh, and Paolo third. I've just flipped them around. I've got Paolo moving up into the second spot ahead of Jabari Smith. I still really like Jabari, but I just think that obviously Paolo was the number one overall pick. He has looked better than I... And again, we're trying not to take too much of Summer League into consideration, but you do have to take a little bit of it into consideration. And I think that Paolo has shown enough... Uh, offensive upside flashes, enough playmaking upside flashes, a bit more so than I saw in his college days, um, that it's enough for him just to move slightly ahead of Jabari, um, especially if you're looking for someone who can maybe have a bit more point upside, a bit more assists upside. I still am concerned about these the defensive stats, steals, blocks. Um, maybe, I don't know, I don't know if the three-pointer is going to be really, really consistent, but he might, it's obviously going to be early and he can continue to work on that. But outside of that, I think he's going to be very solid, very high floor when it comes to a play like Paolo. Yeah, I agree with where you landed. I would have had uh, Paolo above Jabari as well, 
just because of the, I think the ceiling offensively could, is pretty high, this guy, and it definitely is a bit higher than, than Jabari, just because Jabari can't create his shot as much as Paolo can at this point in time. So in terms of a bolster and points and assists, um, I think that those are kind of like the key wins on Jabari. You could have the argument that, yeah, Jabari probably has better counting stats on steals and blocks, um, which I would agree with. Um, so on that regard, obviously those two things are pretty valuable. Paolo might be a bit more on turnovers as well. Um, Jabari, you'd probably expect him to knock some more threes. So it, it, you really could go both ways. I just think ultimately the upside of Paolo at this point is probably a little bit higher. Um, hence, I would probably go with him. But, but there's no real wrong answer, I think, with these two. Hence why we've got them in the same tier. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, they're, they're, they're quite close. Some people might say that Paolo's in the tier one with Chet. I would have him closer to Jabari. And I think that you say that Paolo's got a higher upside. I think that I might even be willing to argue the opposite. But I think Paolo's got a higher floor. Um, just because he's, he will have the ball in his hands and the, will t- the team will feature him a little bit more. They don't have a Jalen Green on Orlando, um, so he will be their star player. Jabari, if it all clicks, if he gets like the three threes a game and he gets, you know, eight, nine rebounds a game and he, he, he gets a steal and a half and a block per game and he hits 20 points per night, he's good percentages. Like, that's a really valuable player. That's a top 20 fantasy player almost um, without knowing who else is around him. Like, I think... From fantasy-wise, he actually might be more valuable than he might be in the real life, although I, I do do rate him quite highly. But, yeah, there is a world where maybe it doesn't work out for Jabari, um, but I am very excited. And I was very encouraged by his defensive uh, ability more so than anything in Summer League. And a lot of people are getting a bit nervous, but I think, I think he's going to be just fine. I, I'm really encouraged by him. I think these top three, there is a pretty significant fact. I would call it a huge drop-off from pick three to pick four. So I would definitely encourage, if you can, um, get into a top three selection if you can. If you have a top three selection, don't don't sell it for something. that Don't sell it for a bag of chips or anything like that. Make sure you're getting a big haul in return because I think these top three players um, create a really big gap, especially fantasy-wise, probably more so than like the real NBA uh, value um, just because of the few other holes in in the games of the guys below them. But would you, would you agree? Do you think the gap is significant between three and four? Um, not necessarily. Uh, if we want to move into tier three. Yeah. Um, we, we, we yeah, let's go. Let's go to tier now, three. So I, I, look, I pretty much of most of the draft, I've had kind of the top five in terms of fantasy. I mean, we, we haven't really had any, anyone with a bit of an assist total. Yeah. The argument they have for Jaden Ivy, um, the counting stats, Defensively, of Keegan Murray with threes is similar to Jabari. Not quite there, but I wouldn't say there's a huge drop-off. Yeah, look, I, I, I can see what you're saying. I, I think Keegan Murray, again, so we'll go through Tier 3. Number 4, we've got Keegan Murray. Number 5, Jaden Ivey. And number 6, I've got Jalen Duran, which we'll touch on in a second. Um, I think before I had Jaden Ivey above Keegan Murray, I've just moved Keegan Murray into pick number 4 because... I think the Kings are going to feature him early and often. Um, I would pick him to be the starter right now, um, either at the three or the four, depending on what they're doing with Harrison Barnes. But, you know, Kings will Kings sometimes, so you never quite know. <laughs> but I think, yeah, like you said, he's going to translate really well. His college stats had a lot of good steals, block numbers. I don't know if that translate quite as nicely as some other players in this draft. I think that maybe those steals... Probably more so the blocks, especially, don't translate quite as well to the NBA. Um, 
And I am also a bit concerned about his scoring translating, especially when you've got players like Sabonis, Darren Fox on your team. So um, whilst the translations, if you just drag them across, are really, really nice, the way that they work in reality, I, I'm a little bit less enthused. But I do think that, yeah, he does have a good fantasy uh, translation skill set. Um, Jaden Ivey, I, look, he's going to be good in assists, but he still is playing next to Cade Cunningham, who's going to be their primary ball handler. I actually think that Paolo is going to average more assists than Jaden Ivey. So I think Paolo is going to be a big assist guy if you really need that. Um, obviously hard to get him if you're not in the top two or three. Um, but yes, he will be providing good points, good assists, um, decent threes, I think, as well. Maybe some good steals. Um, but there will be issues with turnovers, efficiency, and field goals early on. Those those guards we, we've seen struggle a little bit early on. So you know, players like Suggs and Green take a little bit of time to get in there. So I would preach co- um, patience with a player like Ivy. But hopefully he can get a lot of minutes early in his rookie season at Detroit. Let's talk about Jalen Duran. Um I've got him here at six, and I've got him in tier three. His summer league stats aren't anything to write home about, but I'm pretty sold about what I saw from the eye test. I'm a big Duran fan. I think he's um, leagues ahead of the other big guys in Mark Williams and, and Walker Kessler. I could argue that Jalen Duran has the highest ceiling in this tier. Um, in fact, I will argue that. I, I think he has the highest ceiling. Try, try me, go. Yeah, I think he has the highest ceiling fantasy-wise. I don't know about real life, but fantasy-wise, in terms of the blocks, the rebounds, the field goal percentage, um, decent points, I see some playmaking upside. If you look at a player like Robert Williams and how he sits in fantasy rankings, and you know a player that can be a top 20 when he's only putting up 10 points a night, um, that's what I think Jalen Duran could be, uh, assuming he gets the minutes that he needs to do that. So... What are your thoughts on that, um, keeping in mind that, obviously, differing opinions between fantasy and real life? Yeah, I think his comp is Rob Williams, and Rob, Rob Williams has proven, um, especially in a punt points, he can be uh, you know, pretty much a top you know, first or second round player. Uh, so that's pretty impressive. But, but we're looking at, like I guess, what we think Duran can be at, at his best. Um, if you do that to all these guys, I think, I think it's still fine to have them all in the same tier. Um, Jaden Ivey, I do kind of see him as probably a 20 point five assist, five rebounds kind of guy in a few years, take him a a few years to get there, but that's kind of what I see as output. So a pretty reasonable kind of maybe pretty reasonable starting point guard, um, that you could draft and maybe a third round, um, is where I kind of see him landing in the future. Keegan Murray, if, if the defensive stats work out with the threes, um, we could be laughing and saying maybe he ended up being a bit better than Jabari Smith. Um, one quick question for you, actually, do you know, uh, I looked this up recently, um, the best player efficiency stats in college history. Do you know who, who has the best player efficiency stats? Oh, of you all test time? It. Would it be Zion? It is Zion. Yeah. It is Zion Williamson with the best. Second is Keegan Murray. Yeah, right. There you go. Second is Keegan Murray. So, I mean, it doesn't always translate. Third on the list is Brandon Clark. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, he's uh, a I still think it's something player, to, but, yeah. to point out. I think he will be. A start. I think he'll be starting. Um, I think he'll be starting at the three or the four on this Kings team. He fits him pretty well. Um, the the Jalen Duran, he's probably a couple years away from really doing any kind of output. Um, and, and even then, it probably fits a bit better in the punt points um, aspect of things. So it's not the best fit um, in terms of because it, it's hard to make your dynasty team really kind of mold together and work. So it might be a bit easier to take a safer pick in a Keegan Murray and, and an Ivy as opposed to Durant. So that's why I would probably have, I, I wouldn't have him in this tier personally. I'd have him in the next tier, um, but you know, shoot for the stars. 
Fair enough. I, I think maybe I'm, I'm a little bit more patient than, than you when it comes to these rooks. But I think... Um, I, I do agree with you that you will need to be patient because I don't know, you know, uh, Dwayne Casey, what he's going to do with that that lineup and how many minutes Duran's going to get in his, um, you know, rookie season. I will say that he's basically two years younger, three years younger, or three and a half years younger than Keegan Murray and two years younger than Jaden Ivey. So he definitely has youth on his side compared to these other guys. Um, but he just, he looks like a beast out there. He looks really mobile, um, really explosive. He doesn't look lost out there. I think he's someone who does have a good bit of IQ about him, um, which can sometimes be the undoing for a lot of these athletic young bigs. Um, I am encouraged by that. And I think that, yeah, I, I do think that if we fast forward five years into the future, that I would put my money that Duran is the highest ranked player out of these three. But if you, he probably has the lowest floor as well of these three. So, um, you know, and requires a bit of patience. Hence why he is ranked below these guys, but I, I will just put a little asterisk to say that I, I'm a big Jalen Duran fan, and I am a big believer of him, especially when it comes to fantasy. Let's talk tier four. We've got four players in this tier. Um, we'll, we'll we'll already coin this uh, a ball boys, my guy. At number seven, we've got Tari Eason, um, Dyson Daniels at number eight, Shaden Sharp at nine, and Benedict Matherin, I think, has moved up a tier into tier four here at ten. Um, I think this is the highest that I've seen Tari Eason ranked in Dynasty Leagues uh, across the, the fantasy community. And I, I'm all for it, man. Like I, I've been on Josh Lloyd's podcast saying that I think that Tari Eason's going to be the Shen Goon of last year, um, uh, for this year, for 2022, based on the, the hype that I think that you and I are going to give him. And I think the tantalizing permanent upside that we know he's going to have. He might frustrate and annoy us in his rookie season because he might not get the minutes, but it'll be kind of obvious to everyone watching that he's better than your Jay Sean Tates and your KJ Martins and all these other guys. But I I think in time he will uh, gain a lot of minutes on the court. Um, He provides a lot of defense that the Rockets need next to Sangoon and Green. Um so that's why I've got him above some other big names who are obviously drafted 10 to, to 11 spots higher than him. What, what are your thoughts on the players in this tier? Um, yeah, Tari Eason, I'll have a, a quick round of him as well. He, he, he killed it in the summer league. He looked, he looked awesome. Yeah. The defensive output was always kind of there in college as well, but he put up 1.8 steals and a block a game, and, and that's really, really hard to find on top of the one-and-a-half three-pointers. Um, so when you combine that with he was sixth in scoring for summer league for for rookies, um, that is he also led rookies in rebounds, put up ten uh, rebounds a game. So there's a really really awesome output there. And if the counting stats for the steals and blocks do um, end up working in the NBA, he'll, he'll be a huge win. It's only really the assists that kind of look like to be his main weakness, yeah. which you could kind of build around. But you, so you're hoping obviously the minutes um, they need to come. Uh, with the Rockets, I think he will get some opportunity um, maybe towards the later bit of this season. But in the future, I think he should be like their starting uh, forward. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if he is starting by the end of the season. I don't know if I'd put money on it just based on what we've seen with Shengun coming along a little bit slower. But I would uh, hope that he is uh, probably their starting three slash four, depending on how you see Jabari. Um, I would love them to, to run out a, a lineup where you've got Green, Eason, 
Um, Jabari Smith and Shangoon as your starting two through five. That point guard position. Don't know if um, Kevin Porter Jr. is your future there or what you what you think of him, but I, I do think that he is definitely a starting caliber player. And when you have assists, sorry, steals and block rates um, comparable to Matisse Thybulle, plus you can score, plus you can get rebounds and shoot threes. Man, that's a that's a bloody fantasy player. I tell you right now. Um, uh, let's talk about. I want to talk about the other guards here. So Dyson Daniels, Shaden Sharp, and Benedict Matherin. I've got Matherin in this group. He's definitely a lower upside than a lot of these guys, especially fantasy. But I'm most confident that from the start of this season that he's going to be getting. He's going to be in the highest amount of minutes out of all these guys. Uh, I'm just not as sold on his uh, upside. He's going to be a points threes free throw percentage, maybe some low turnovers. If he can get some steals into his game, that will definitely help him, but we haven't seen it yet in college, uh, at least to a, a super high volume. Shaden Sharp's the mystery guy. Um, I'm, I toss and turn. I think I initially had him a bit higher than Dyson Daniels, but just because I would have loved to see both of those players play a bit more in Summer League, but the assists, I'm confident in his shot, that, that Dyson Daniels being... Um, uh, improved in New Orleans, so I've just got him just a bit of a head, but I do think that there might be some people out there that take Shane Sharp um, first out of anyone in this group. Yeah, he's, he's got the upside, obviously. Um, he, he's a big build as well. Um, maybe there's some potential in the defensive end for Shaden Sharp. It's just, um, it's yeah, it's a gamble. He's been in the dice. Yeah. He, he could be a bust. Yeah. Like He's the biggest four high ceiling kind yeah. of guy there is in, in this draft. So if you go with him, you're shooting for the stars. Um, I, I think the other two guys are definitely much safer bets in your Dyson Daniels. Um, who, who can pretty much get like a Lonzo Ball-like, maybe you know 12 points, good amount of it, uh, rebounds, and maybe yes, seven rebounds seven or something rebounds, with five yeah. assists. So and, and that's pretty good fantasy output, especially if the three points falling for him. Yep. Um, you'd, you'd like to think maybe when he gets in the league, he can average maybe one and a half, and, and you hope that that kind of goes up to into the twos um, in, in terms of um, yeah total output. I think he will take care of the ball reasonably well for a point guard as well. Um, the field goal may not be amazing, um, but I think overall maybe in a punt points or something like that, he could be quite effective. Uh, yep. Benedict Matherin, this guy, yeah, he's going to get minutes. And yep, sometimes, look, the best thing in fantasy is minutes, right? He, he's going to a team that's tanking. Um, they, they need someone to really kind of do everything, right? So yeah. uh, I kind of like his upside just for that reason, that they're pretty much going to be handing him and Tyrese Halliburton the keys. Yeah, he, like I said, he might start day one. I mean, it depends on what they're doing um, uh, with a lot of their other guys and if, you know, Buddy Heal and, and that are on the move. But uh, if they're serious about their rebuild, which by all reports, it sounds like they are. Like, it sounds like they're committed to tanking. And um, so I don't I don't think that it will be long before we see Benedict Mathering in the starting lineup and getting high 20s, low 30s in minutes. So, um, yeah, very confident in him at least servicing your fantasy team somewhat. Then I think there's another decent drop-off to this next tier. Um, tier 5, Jeremy Sohan, Mark Williams, and Walker Kessler. So a couple of the bigs and Jeremy Sohan. We didn't see two or, th- or two out of the three of these players play in Summer League in Sohan and Kessler. I would have loved to see Walker Kessler come out. Mark Williams we did see. I wasn't very impressed. I didn't love what I saw saw out there. He looked a bit... His hands weren't very clean. Um, sure, he put up some decent blocks, but... Just looked a, a touch slower than um, you know the counterparts in Jalen Duran out there. So I've kind of knocked him back. I've moved Sohan ahead of him, but all in the same tier. My confidence in all of these guys, if these guys all get minutes, they're going to be decent. Um, and they are in 
teams where they should be getting minutes, but they're also in teams that, you know, maybe in a couple years' time, they're not. So the short term, if they can grab it and, and run with it, there's there's some high upside, but whether or not they can hold on to that value, um, I'm not 100% convinced. Yeah, I, this is pretty much the tier of bigs. Uh, these guys get your cousin, Wilt Williams, so are very comparable. Um, Sohan, who's kind of like that mobile forward, maybe play small ball five. Um, I'm not too sure what his fantasy output will be, but I, I kind of think that he will probably maybe even get the most minutes out of these guys. Kessler, uh, look, Kessler actually, on the other hand, now that Rudy Gobert obviously is out of there, um, there was a bit of a question mark. They're going for the full tank. I obviously see him coming up the bench to begin the season. We'll see where that finishes in terms of a Donovan Mitchell trade. But if you do um, kind of get him in your dynasty team, you, I guess you might be hoping um, yeah. for this, like a full punt and Donovan Mitchell goes. Mark Williams, um, like, will he start? You got, you, I think you, they still have Plumlee there. Um, the they coach, still have the Kai the, Jones. The coach hurts. Um, the change in their coaching, um, you know, their coach comes in and he hates rookies, so... Um, I'm not thinking he's going to start straight away. I don't think he'll be. Uh, maybe he'll be starting come, you know, second half of the season. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't plan on him being the opening night starter. Yeah, and, and that's kind of where I'm standing as well. So, I guess there are, there is some keys there in terms of um, Charlotte never really signs big contract guys. No one really wants to go to Charlotte right now. Mason Plumley is on the lower tier of starting centers um, probably should be a backup center. So there is an opening there. There Maybe that's why you go for him. Um, And and that looks similar argument for Kessler. So it's probably who, who you preference in the Kessler versus Williams. I personally probably would go for the Mark Williams because I think he maybe is a bit more mobile on the court there, but it's, it's probably up to your preference there. They're in the same tier. Yeah. Go for what you like. I mean, obviously, Mark Williams was drafted before uh, Walker Kessler. Kessler, I think, has a, a more open road. There's not as much competition. Like, is that Utah team? That Utah team is trash. Like, if you actually look up their roster, uh, there's not a lot. Once, and I'm assuming Donovan Mitchell is going to be traded at some point. Um, there's not a lot really to like on that, especially in the front court. The only thing that I am worried about is like they're in the the Wembenyama sweepstakes. So, you know. Just like those OKC teams in the past, just because you're getting minutes early in your career on a team like that doesn't mean it's going to stick for for a long period of time. So even if, you know, Walker Kessler, maybe in his first year, if he's going crazy, he's doing really well, but then they get the number one pick and they got Victor Wayne and Yabra on the team, well, bye-bye Walker Kessler. You're not getting minutes over uh, Victor there because um, obviously you're not the franchise cornerstone that, that a team is building around. So... Always am keeping that in mind. So I could see a world where Walker Kessler is the better ranked rookie after year one of these three. But then after year two or three, um, sorry, after year one, after year two or three, he's probably below these guys. So that's why I've got him in this order. Sohan, like you said, I agree. I think I can see him having the most amount of impact on the team and, and getting the most amount of consistent minutes. Let's move on to tier six. Another three guys here. Jake LaRavia, Jalen Williams, and Johnny Davis. The Jays, Cal, in tier six. <laughs> um, didn't do that on purpose, but um, I guess one of the names I want to highlight here, Johnny Davis, um, you know, ranked 16, was the 10th player drafted. He looked pretty bad in Summer League. Um, not normally a player that I like, but he was higher on my rookie rankings uh, for real NBA than than normal for a player like him, just because I did like his defense. But some of the concerns I have showed its head in terms of inefficient shot making. He doesn't do a whole lot else when it comes to the defensive stats. 
So if he's not putting up high usage points, rebounds, assists, um, there's not a whole lot else there. He's a lottery pick, so I've put him in here. They've drafted. Uh, they've got a lot of investment in developing him, so I don't think he can slip any further. But I, I didn't really like what I saw at summer league. Yeah, um, if you're a um, Wizards fan, you're just kind of you know saying to yourself, "Oh, it's just summer league. Don't worry about it. Don't get too carried away." Because he, he did play terrible. Yeah, um, he shot under thirty percent. That's bad. Twenty nine. And a half percent from <laughs> in the summer field is, is pretty damn pathetic. That's pretty shocking. Um, and then there's no defensive stuff there whatsoever either in his 25 minutes a game. Um, so <laughs> well, you are just hoping, you know, maybe that kind of thing, this wasn't for him and he just needs to get a year under his belt and, and learn a bit more in the NBA and what it feels like. Some league in NBA are two completely different animals yeah. entirely. Um, it can work. And, you know, like a Jabari Smith, for example, I, I think that didn't really cater for his strengths and the NBA will cater a bit more um, for, for what he can produce um, in terms of output. So yeah, you're hoping he can do well. The downside of uh, the wizards is they, they've got a pretty deep roster. They still have some investment in some young guys. And in terms of that kind of like Johnny Davis is more probably the shooting guard. Um, I mean, Bradley Beal is there to sign a huge contract. You have your Danny Advia who invested a fair bit in Rui Hachimura Um unless Johnny Davis can move to a point guard position, which some people say maybe, I'm not too sure. Um, not I guess so. you'd be hoping for that just to get his assist up if you, if you are there. So, yeah, Johnny Davis' stock definitely has fallen. Unfortunately, he probably would have been a bit higher otherwise. Um, Jake LaRavia, um, I, I kind of like Jake La- LaRavia. I, I kind of like what you have him in I this tier too. with Jalen Williams. I'd probably have Jalen Williams ahead of him just with the assist output, I think could be quite handy. Um he he potentially maybe even could notch up maybe four assists a game, which could be um, quite helpful on, on any fantasy team. But outside of that, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where you fall here. Do you think that Jalen Williams in his NBA career is a starting player on an NBA team? Do you think he's a starter? I think on the OKC in this rebuild, um, in terms that he was picked number 12, as well, they obviously believe in him. I think, I think OKC think that he is. So therefore, not, he will be. I'm not as sure. I think he's going to definitely earn decent minutes. So I think at worst, he's a sixth or seventh guy in a good team. So I think he's definitely a player that gets minutes in the 20s, but I don't know if he's a starting NBA player. Um, so I guess it's, I mean, it's almost irrelevant, but I think the OKC, there's, there's just so many guys on that team. Like you've got Usman Diang, you've got Jalen Williams, you've got, and they've got so many picks coming up. You've got Lou Dort still there. Giddy, SGA, uh, obviously Chet Holmgren, and then and then a bunch of um, guys coming off the bench as well. Trey Mann, all all there's so many like rotation players in there. It's really hard to to get a gauge on their their rotations. One, I'm going through my rotations at the moment, and they're probably one of the hardest ones that I've had to do so far. Uh, I'm probably going to revisit it uh, several times. Um, so that's my that's my biggest pause for concern for Jalen Williams, Jake Laravia, obviously Jalen uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. His injury definitely opens up a lot for him. Um, getting rid of slow-mo uh, on that team opens up some minutes for him. I can definitely even see him taking over um, a few of the other guys already on that roster, Zaya Williams being the main guy that I'm thinking there. Um, and he's just got a, he's got a beautiful fantasy game, uh, contributes to a lot of different areas. Uh, I think he's versatile, can play three, four. Um, so I think there's a good way or good pathway for him to get a lot of minutes. So um, I, I, I almost have him a bit of a half tier above some of these guys, but um, 
you know, being at the 19th pick, he was the last draft of these guys. Maybe they're not as invested. I'm not too sure. So enough for me to keep him in this tier. Let's go to tier seven. Starting to open up a little bit now. We've got six players here. Starting at number 17, Tai Tai Washington. 18, Malachi Brennan. 19, Usman Diang. 20, AJ Griffin. 21, Dalen Terry. And 22, Blake Wesley. Who stands out to you the most in this tier, Cal? And anyone that you disagree with should be higher or lower? Um, the, the top of this tier for me probably would be Malachi Brennan. Um, going to the Spurs, I think he will have pretty good output from the get-go. Um, because the team obviously does matter. Yes. Tyta Washington going to the Rockets. I, I guess you, you are hoping that he does become that starting point guard if you were to kind of rate, rank him above some of these guys here. Um, which is possible with Kevin Porter Jr. Is he their long-term solution? To be confirmed, he hasn't got a contract yet. So I guess maybe that's what you're hoping for. Um, AJ Griffin, I think you're just kind of hoping in his stock. Um, he's one of the youngest guys in this draft as well. So yeah, that kind of upside. In terms of output, um, it's made us be a bit of a three-point specialist for points. Um, he's yet to really produce a whole lot on the other end. So maybe that probably is why he's in this tier, tier itself. Um, but outside of that, look, Usman Jiang is an absolute prospect. Um, he didn't, he had some okay sparks, I guess, in the summer league, uh, but I still think he definitely is a prospect and, and won't be starting for the OKC Thunder um, this year, at least. I think he'll just be coming off the bench. Mm. Um, m- maybe comparable to a Poku. Like, even Poku went to the G League um, at some point during the season and put some some stats up there and then went back to the um, the team itself. So I could see Jiang doing something similar. Um, for his first year anyway. Um, and then Dale and Terry, um, he was the 18th pick, wasn't he? Yeah. I'd probably, yeah, maybe I'd probably have Wesley a little bit above, but you, you could flip a coin on those two as well. Yeah, I mean, Terry, Terry's going to be that low usage guy, but he's, he gets good rebounds, assists, steals. He's, he contributes in a lot of different areas, so he doesn't need the ball in his hands to, to, to contribute good fantasy stats. But, uh, you know, in a, in a Chicago Bulls team that obviously wants to be making the playoffs, he might... Um, not be getting as many minutes as, as some of these other guys earlier in his career, especially like the Spurs boys. Um, Blake Wesley, he would be higher um, depending. He's he's a kind of player that he's going to be really good in some categories and really bad in some others. His efficiency is terrible. Field goal percentage is, is a big negative. Um, he's not going to get you um, many uh, uh, rebounds, field, uh, field goal percentage blocks, but he is going to be a big contributor in threes, assists, steals, and potentially points as well. So if you are punting the right categories, I think he could definitely rise in this list. If you're a, t- if you're a punt field goal percentage team focusing on those small guy stats, I could definitely see him rising all the way up to the top of this tier. I think I've got Tai Washington at the top here mostly because I just know what I'm going to get. He's going to be a good contributor in assists, which especially in this draft, really hard to come by. Um even if he's not the starter in Houston, I do see him getting, you know, low minutes in the twenties. Um, you know, being a bit of a combo guard, playing a little bit of the, the the two, backing up the 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 point guard as well, with the upside that potentially he could be a starting point guard. And we know that starting point guards at the NBA are very valuable. Um, to touch on Usman Diang, man, I I don't know what to do with this guy. Hey, um, based on the eye test, I don't I don't love him. Uh, there's something about him, and we've seen him in live, Cal. There's something just just passive about his game, and, and he just lacks that aggression that I think you need to succeed in the NBA especially. We did see him improve in the NBL, so so 
the, the, the lack of aggression kind of showed up in the summer league again. But again, maybe it's something that he just needs a bit of time to get himself acclimated. Um, but like I said before about Jalen Williams, there's so many guys on OKC, especially at this forward position. Jeremiah Robertson-Earl, Poku, um, the other Jalen Williams. Um, you, you've got all these other guys, Chet, not to mention who's their, you know, one of their star pieces. It's just hard to crack decent minutes in this team. Um, so um, I've got him here based purely on like this upside, and obviously they drafted him at pick 11, so they believe in him, so they're not going to give up on him easily. But I could easily be persuaded to, to put him even further down in this list. I'm not, I'm not big on Usman Yang personally. Um, but those are just my two cents. Let's move on to tier number eight. Really starting to open out here, down through to the end of the first round here. 23, I've got Kennedy Chandler, the first, second round pick mentioned on our rookie rankings. At 24, Nikola Jovic. 25, Oche Agbaji. I'm sure Callum might have something to say about that one. Uh, 26, Wendell Moore. 27, uh, David Roddy. 28, Jaden Hardy. 29, Josh Minot. And 30, Christian Coloco. So a couple of, a few second rounders here. Um, and, and then Ogbaji, who's a, a lottery lottery pick. So really starting to um, mishmash the, the, the actual real-life draft order with, with fantasy output here. Uh, what's your thoughts on this here, this tier here, Cal? Um, I would have Ogbaji in the tier above, personally. Look, I, I even would. personally prefer him over Jang. He just yep. kind of uh, ripped into Jang yourself. I, I don't have a whole lot of confidence there either. I think Ogbaji, if you pick him pretty late and he's around, um, he's going to be pretty reliable. He's going to be the Cavs. The Cavs need a three desperately. That's why they got him. He's solid. I mean, yeah, look, he's 22 years old, but I, I still think he's going to have a pretty good long NBA career, whether that's for, you know, five years or eight years, whatever it is. I, I think he will get minutes. Um, he put up 20 points a game uh, in, in, in his college um, years and shot 41% from three. He's just a prototypical guy. He's athletic. He, he fits into the NBA really well. And he, I, I think he will get minutes. Um, he's not a guy that's going to give you like assists or anything. I think he's really just kind of like your classic three and D. Yeah. Um, so you really do hope he can get the steals in there as well. Um, and, and I guess you'd maybe hope in the field goals a bit high if he can maintain that good three point shooting percentage. Uh, but I, well, actually, I would have in the tier above. Um, outside of that, I think this, um, this tier will kind of rounds out pretty reasonably. Uh, I'll touch on Nikola Jovic. Um, Going to the Heat, he had had one pretty good game. He went he off. Yeah. I, I think he will definitely have games like that when they um, probably actually give him some minutes. I'm not too sure how his first year would be. If I hazarded guess, I don't think there'd be a lot there. Maybe be a spark plug off the bench at most. Um, but in, in the years to come, I think he, he could be a pretty awesome three-point specialist, similar to a Duncan Robinson in terms of output, um, who gave you kind of top 80 value um, just when his three point makes a game um, but Jovic does have the kind of like the rebounding on on his hand above of Duncan Robinson so fantasy output I think should be reasonable um, the rest of the guys it's really who you're into Jaden Hardy had some up and downs will be a, a scorer um, he will have games that will really hurt your field goal percentage um, so I'm taking into account David Roddy from the Grizzlies the Grizzlies are just so deep that's probably one of the main negatives uh, with him, but they they love a big frame. They'll throw him out there. They've got um, a type, don't they? They've got a <laughs> they've got a the, they've got a type of player that they love to draft. With him and, exactly. uh, and Kenny Lofton that they drafted later. Oh, oh sorry, um, picked up after he was undrafted. Exactly. So those are probably my noteworthy guys. Kennedy Chandler, uh, just remind me where he got drafted. So he was picked 38. He has, um, so picked 38 by the um, 
remind myself, by the uh, Memphis Grizzlies again. So they got busy in this draft, obviously. So okay. I definitely see... You know, he's, he does have a four-year contract, which gives me confidence that they like him. So uh, that's one thing that I always like to look at with some of these second-round guys. Do they have a contract? Are they on a two-way? What's going on? How much confidence does this team have uh, for them? So four-year contract, that's as much as any first-round player. Um, his assists and steal numbers in colleges were huge. So in a draft like this where that is scarce, that's why I've got him up this high. Um, I can see him being like that DeAnthony Melton type. You know, obviously they got rid of him in this draft in that trade with the Philadelphia 76ers. Didn't get a player back who is going to be playing. So obviously Danny Green is injured. Um so I can see him slotting into an immediate backup role. Um, and he's a super athletic. Yes, he's a bit smaller. If he was you know, two inches taller, he definitely would have been drafted much higher than this. Um, so I, I, I like his per minute upside and especially that the steals and assists um, are definitely very valuable. So that's why I've got him up here. I'll just go back and touch on Ochai Agbaji. I do, I do agree with you somewhat. I don't know. I just... The, the ceiling and the, the pathway for him being successful in fantasy is like a Desmond Bain type. Now, Desmond Bain is definitely not the norm. That doesn't happen most times. Um, you know, you talk about a, a lot of other guys who are pure shooters coming out. They're coming out of college um, later in their career who are a bit older. Most of the time, it doesn't work out. But it does happen sometimes. So I do think that he will have opportunity. Obviously, he's the highest drafted of this lot. So he's going to be probably the earliest contributor. I just, I'm, I'm putting my, my eggs in the basket that I'm, I'm just more likely to see him not succeed in the way that Bain did. If he does, if he turns into Desmond Bain, fine, I've missed that, but um, I'm, I'm happy to sort of forego that with that being the ceiling, really. Um, yeah, I think the main, like, it's really quite team-specific with some of these guys, and I just yeah. think he's got the best run for the most minutes, yeah. um, considering... The Cavs just need someone to play the three. They, they desperately need it. And that's why they got someone who's a bit older. They can just plug in. And, and it's a lot better to go if, let's say, an Abag GV puts up 28 minutes a game as opposed to a Roddy you have ahead who in the next, let's say, three years might only average you know about 20 minutes a game or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I wasn't a big fan of, of Roddy in the draft. He definitely was drafted much higher than I thought he would go. But he does have good fancy translations. Um the Grizzlies, they're good at developing their guys. There is a hole of that four, but yeah, I, I'm not I'm not really too sure how to place Roddy. I've got him here just basically because he was drafted in the top 25 in the actual NBA draft, and he does have some good fantasy translations. Um, I want to touch on, lastly, in this tier, um, the couple of bigs at the end here. Um, Christian Coloco, I've got him at pick 30. The Raptors is the main reason as to why I've gotten him in there in the first round. The Raptors obviously one of the best teams in the league in developing players. There is a bit of a hole at the center position. I don't know if I see him as a starting center, but on the off chance that he becomes that, he will be someone that puts up a lot of good stats, especially in the blocks, rebounds, and field goal percentage category. Very typical big man stats. So there is a little bit of upside there. Um, I don't know if I see it though. Like the, I don't think he's going to be starting this year or anything like that. Um, we know Nick Nurse is a hard man to crack when it comes to his rotations, and if you're not in the starting lineup, your minutes are going to be hard to come by. You've got players like Precious Achua, and um, you've still got uh, Chris Boucher there yeah, as Chris well. Chris Boucher. Yeah. Um, they, they gave Ken Young a couple years, um, about $7 million each year, who they'll be giving some minutes to. 
Yeah, and, and then Thaddeus Young. So there's a lot of like kind of just all right guys there. So there is. It's not like there's just nothing in his way. There is a few things um, that he has to get past to get those minutes. Whereas I have seen him ranked a bit higher on other. Uh, rankings and, and sites and things like that. And Josh Minot, I actually, I was really impressed with this summer league. I thought he looked really good out there. The Timberwolves, obviously it sucks because you've got Embiid, sorry, not Embiid, uh, Gobert and Towns there, but he is someone who drafted in the second round, has that four-year contract. There is not much depth behind those guys. So in uh, Minnesota, a lot of the depth was traded for Gobert, so he might be getting some backup minutes um, early on in his career. And then maybe once Gobert eventually ages out or if he finds himself on another team, he is someone who I do like if he does get minutes uh, as a good per-minute producer. But another one of those guys you definitely will have to be patient with, as are most of these players when you get to this point in Dynasty Leagues. You're not, you are not getting guys who are going to be immediate uh, big impacts uh, for fantasy uh, early in their careers. Let's move on to tier number nine. We will start to go through uh, these guys a little bit quicker now, not touching on everyone. But tier nine, we've got nine players now. Uh, 31, Marjan Beauchamp. 32, Jalen Williams, the other Jalen Williams. 33, Christian Brown. 34, Gabriel Prashida. 35, Ryan Rollins. 36, Jabari Walker. 37, Andrew Nemhard. 38, Patrick Baldwin Jr. And 39, Peyton Watson. So... Still, all these guys were picked in the draft. I want to highlight a couple of guys here. Two of my favorites, are Ryan Rollins and Jabari Walker, are two guys that I'm very keen on. Ryan Rollins, we didn't see in the Summer League. Um, I think he has a foot injury or something that he's nursing at the moment, so he might miss a chunk of the first part of the season. And I don't know if we're going to see him much in his rookie year, but I was a big fan of him in the draft. I definitely had him as a first-round level talent. The Warriors traded in to get to him, to select him at pick 44, so they were keen. Um, He just gives me a lot of Jordan Poole vibes. Um, Someone who's going to be good in assists, points, threes, steals. He's got a great fantasy translation. So someone I am keen on. Um, I think he was undervalued because of the fact that he played in a lower division in college. Um, But he is someone that I do really like. And Jabari Walker showed out in... um, in Summer League and coming in, he's got a three-year contract. Even though he was pick 57, um, he is definitely someone on a Blazers team that I think can get back up minutes pretty early in his career. And when we start to see players like um, uh, Jeremy Grant sort of age out and, and even he might be able to play some big small forward minutes or even maybe some small center minutes, he's got a lot of good versatility. He's got a good shot on him. So I do like him as a player who can contribute to, to winning basketball. So even though he's the 57th player picked in the draft, I would have him much higher at pick 36. Who's who's some players that stand out to you in this in this group or, or any comments on those two guys there, Cal? Um, I, I think two guys that stand out to me in this tier um, is towards the top there. You have your margin boat um, camp and, and your Christian Braun slash Brown. Um, I did. I don't know <laughs> which one like, it is. I, you told me Brown. Yeah, it's and Christian I, Brown. I was looking but some, it, at some summer league games, and the commentator definitely said Braun, so it's just completely yeah. confused me now. Yeah, no, nah, fair um, enough. I'm pretty sure it's Christian <laughs> Brown, but I, I, well, I'm not going to say 100%. I, I'm pretty sure it's Christian Brown, though. Um, but look, regardless, look like I think he's a great fit with Nikola Jokic. Um, they invested some in, in him with the 21st pick. Yep. I think that does show something. And Look, their team isn't incredibly deep, especially at the four position. Uh, I, I think this guy could crack into rotation pretty quickly, and and he is someone that can 
maybe be a pretty reasonable fantasy guy. So I quite like Christian Brown, Braun, uh, whichever one it is. And and in terms of both champ, um, that 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 Bucks team does need someone to play that forward position. And, and I think coming off the bench, he will be. I think he'll get minutes from the get go. I think yeah. he could put up in the teens and. Um, you know, high teens, maybe 18 minutes a game, just, just from the get-go because he does come, plays with intensity. Um, and, and I think it is definitely a player that could um, you could throw out there in a playoff series towards the end when he's gotten some experience. So I, I am happy to put some stock there as well. Just um, sometimes it is this team orientated and, and the Bucks just really need that position, need someone with those minutes. So those two stand out to me um, the most outside of that. Um, Jalen Williams from OKC, sure. I mean, OKC are going to mix up lineups. There'll be games where maybe you could pick him up on the waiver wire um, if you don't draft him in your league. He's a guy I probably would keep my watch list. Um, I'm surprised that I had Patrick Bolgen Jr. below uh, Ryan Rollins, so obviously pretty high on Ryan Rollins. Yeah, just just the stat set. I, like Patrick Bolgen Jr. was putrid in college. He he's really only he's really only a, sh- only a shooter. Now in Golden State, that's good. Like, and I and they obviously drafted a higher draft pick in him. Um, I just if he gets minutes, if he and Ryan Rollins get the same amount of minutes, Ryan Rollins is going to be a much better fantasy player. So um, that was the the main reason there. And and for me personally, I had Ryan Rollins as a better ranked prospect. I had him higher on my draft board than I had Patrick Borden Jr. So I do believe in him. Um, they're in the same tier because they drafted him at twenty eight and Rollins at forty four. So. Um, if if it was the other way around, uh, Patrick Borden Juniors might be in tier eleven or twelve. Do you know what I mean? But um, just because maybe they will give him minutes, he he comes up to this tier. But outside of maybe points, rebounds, and threes, like he's not he's not someone that really excites me. He's not a great permanent producer. But you know, uh, yeah, I, I kind of see like Duncan Robin, like maybe a, a six foot ten Duncan Robinson kind of kind of type at best. Um, you know, so someone who maybe. Isn't the best fantasy player would be would be why I've got him a bit lower. Let's go to tier number ten. All right, we're starting to get right down there, and this time we're, we're kind of just trying to find guys by this point, guys that are going to contribute to NBA rosters. A lot of these guys aren't even going to really make their teams, so you, you're kind of looking for upside, but you're also trying to just pick out guys that um, can just stick around. So. Few guys in here at forty. I've got J.D. Davidson for the Celtics. Forty-one, Kenneth Lofton Jr., the first undrafted player on this list. At forty-two, Dominic Barlow, another undrafted player. Forty-three, Bryce McGowan's. Forty-four, Keon Ellis. Forty-five, Caleb Houston, and forty-six, Max Christie. I'll touch on the Celtics guy, J.D. Davidson, late the summer league in assists, if I'm not mistaken. Um, someone who was much highly, it was much highly touted coming into the um, college season, had a pretty poor college year, so slipped way down the draft to pick 53. Now, the Celtics obviously are not going to be giving him many minutes, if any, really in his first or even really second season, but um, in a draft that is lacking a lot of assists, if he finally finds his way into minutes or um, in a bid for the Celtics to get more talent, finds himself on another roster, just like an Aaron Neesmith kind of thing. I can definitely see him putting up some decent stats. Um, but like I said, we're not we're not looking for anything too crazy in this kind of area of the draft. Um, who does anyone catch your eye on this team, this tier here, Cal? Um, look, no one's screaming at me. Um, I think that Davison, it's good worth shouting him out for leading the league in assists. He also put up 
um, almost a steal and a half and almost a steal, almost a block and a half um, as well. So like that, that's pretty impressive um, in terms of output. I'm just, I mean, look, that Boston team's going to be deep. It'll be deep yeah. for a while. Yeah, Mark is smart. Um, they just got brogged in. It's just questionable what minutes of any will he get. Uh, I guess you're banking on a, a Brogdon injury, injury, which is uh, inevitable every season, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I guess we've got Derek White there. That is stacked at the guard yeah. position, so it is tough. I guess he, he's a bit of a stash um, if you do go with him. Uh, in terms of upside, there is Bryce McGowans, who probably, in my opinion, has the best upside for scoring, being on, this, on the Hornets. Maybe there's something there. Um, but he, he didn't play at some league too well. I think he shot about 34% from yeah. the field. So he's a scorer. He will chuck it up. He definitely is probably more of a punt field goal kind of guy. Um, Max Christie from the Lakers had some reasonable games. Um, it's just, you know, the Lakers are always signing everyone and, and it's hard for yeah. any draft pick to really excel, I think, um, in that kind of culture. Yeah, it is hard, but if you can crack it, they will, they will play you minutes because um, they're just devoid of any real assets on their team they don't have any young talent <laughs> there so if if you if you can do well um you will get minutes especially um you know ahead of some of those older vets there i think that they will at least give you some some decent minutes to start there so whilst max christie i have him this low because his fantasy game doesn't translate very well at all i don't really see where much of the value is going to come along but i actually see him getting minutes earlier than someone like a uh, I don't know someone like a, a Caleb Houston or, or you know uh, Bryce McGowan's for example. Um, so that's sort of why he's in this group. I will uh, last one I'll touch on here in this group is Dominic Barlow for the Spurs. Um, obviously the Spurs are quite clearly going for the tank this year, so we could definitely see him getting some minutes depending on what happens um, with their big guys on the roster. He's currently on a two-way contract. If that becomes a permanent contract, I can definitely see them investing a little bit of time into him. He's someone who looked really good. I was impressed with his summer league. Um, he translates really quite nicely. And the fact that he's on the Spurs, there might be some opportunity if um, some trades happened or, or if they really start to, to go full tank mode. Let's move on to the second to last tier, tier 11. Really starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel here. So we've got a few other car- uh, names 47, Kendall Brown for the Pacers. 48, Justin Lewis. 49, Scotty Pippen Jr. 50, Ishmael Kamagate. 51, Gui Santos. 52, Trevor Keels. And 53, Isaiah Mobley, brother of, obviously, Evan Mobley, um, playing for the Cavs as well. So we'll see how the brothers stack up together. Anyone catch your eye on this list here, Cal? Um, yeah, there's definitely a couple uh, that I'm kind of high on with this list. I, I do like Kendall Brown. I think defensively he can definitely get potentially steals and blocks. Is definitely a dunker that can just throw it down, so maybe field goals there. Um, he's at the paces as well, which is huge yep. in terms of he should get minutes. He should definitely um, get some good opportunity in that system as they are going into full tank mode. Um, so, so Kendall Brown is uh, look. I'd happily have him in, in the tier above. They are lacking uh, some wings in the paces too. I will say. Um, and, and then Scotty Pippen Jr. I actually really like watching him at Summer League. He was third in the steals um, over the Summer League period. He was also um, seventh in assists among rookies, um, yep. that is. So he was put on a show. Look, the field goal, yeah, look, that wasn't quite there. But I think he was doing things out there that that proved that he can um, definitely play and be a winning player. So I, I look forward to him 
on his two-way contract potentially playing um, this Lakers team. Just they, The name's added, adding a bit of flair as well. Scotty Pippen Jr. So those two guys stand out to me. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I agree. I'll also give a shout-out to Justin Lewis, um, number 48 in this rank here. A uh, bit of a wing over in Chicago Bulls. Now, whilst they've got a lot of guards, they don't really have too much depth at the wing position. Um, I like his size. I like his length. Um, he's got a decent shot on him as well, so might be able to make a bit of noise. I did like his performance at the Summer League as well. And let's move on to this last tier, tier 12. Rounding out the top 60, we've got uh, Julian Champagny, uh, Vince William Jr., Jan Montero. Uh, unfortunately, our boy EJ Liddell is down here with his torn ACL. Uh, I don't even know if he signed his contract. Um, We'll wait to see about that one. Uh, 58, Ron Harper Jr. 59, Darion Sebron. And number 60, Yannick Zosa, I think is how you pronounce that one. Uh, let's let's touch on EJ Liddell because I know both of you and I had him as a first-round talent in the draft. He slid to pick 41 in the second round to the Pelicans. Um he has some good translations over to fantasy, but the fact that he's torn his ACL, he's an older prospect. I don't think he's even signed a two-way contract yet. It's just, ah, oh, my heart breaks for the guy. Like uh, the fact that you do this, you know, before you sign your contract, just yeah, the 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 road back is a difficult one, especially when you were drafted in the second round. The team doesn't have that much investment to, to look after you. So if it wasn't for that injury, he'd be much higher in this list. Um, but yeah, let's, let's pull one out for EJ Liddell. Do you have anything you want to, you want to say about our boy EJ? Yeah, man, I, I was really high on EJ. Um, the tool on ACL is tough, um, but look, he's still young enough. He can bounce back. We've seen a lot of players do it. Um, he had some good measurements in the combine. He, he led the combine in standing jump standing vertical jump um so he's obviously athletic he's a big frame i I, i've spoke about him before i think he's a prototypical kind of small ball big um i I do think he has that really can hit the spot up three pointer really well and stretch the the floor um so i really do like ej i'm obviously that this first year is an absolute wash the pelicans are deep as another negative um and that's where he's kind of fallen to where he is these other guys um, are kind of flies um, yeah. to begin with. Maybe add them to your watch list. Um, anyone else you want to touch on specifically here? Yeah, just just a couple of really good permanent producers from a fantasy stat set point of view. Um, Julian Champagny is uh, someone who uh, translates really well across. Obviously, he's undrafted. He's a two-way guy. so uh, And he's playing on the Philadelphia 76ers. So... Uh, hard team to crack into, so I'm not really expecting him to make money much noise. But if he does, he is someone that I am keeping an eye on. Same with Vince Williams um, at the Grizzlies. Again, we've named several Grizzlies in this list um, and several at his position with Roddy and um, uh, Jake LaRavia as well. So um, just hard for him, but again, he's a good permanent producer. And the last one I'll touch on is the number 60 guy, Yannick Sosa. He's... Uh, very young. I think he's an 18-year-old um, big man who, obviously, he's going to be a, a bit of a stash player. But um, the fact that he is young and the fact that he does have a little bit of upside, he was a bit more um, touted going into this past season. Obviously, fell down to 54. Um, and on the Wizards, not a lot of durable bodies ahead of him. Um, I could very easily see them 
pushing their cars into a full tank mode in the next couple of years. So maybe down the line, here's someone that ends ends up finding some, some decent minutes, but it'll be a patient one and it might not ever actually eventuate. So, uh, But just someone that I'll, I'll keep an eye on and, and keep keep looking out for. But really, when you're getting down to this point of the draft, you're really just crossing your fingers and hoping some of these guys make their way into some, some decent minutes. So... That will do it for our rookie rankings. This will be our last rookie ranking. So hopefully if you've got your rookie drafts coming up, you can do well and you can get some good players, get a bit of value and, and turn the tides on your dynasty leagues. Um, Cal is going to be uh, departing us soon. He is going to be going and traveling across the the, the Europe landscape uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks' time. Is that right, Cal? Um, yeah, that's right. I am flying out, um, taking a bit of a holiday for myself uh, for a few months. So, so I will be headed to Europe, uh, flying into Barcelona and and traveling all throughout Europe, really. Um, I do plan to go see some basketball games. Um, this international scout. you watching some <laughs> Premier League games as well. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'll have to go on the scout uh, out, out in Europe. Mate, you have to you have to go get some eyes on Victor Wembanyama when you're over in in France, man. That that uh, that's got to be high on your bucket list, I reckon. He's going to be must see TV. <laughs> the, um, the unicorn have to have to go see him in the flesh. Yeah, yeah. Some people are calling him the best draft prospect uh, since LeBron James, pretty much. So, um, yeah, very lots of hype around that man. Uh, but that means that next week is going to be uh, the last podcast for Callum for a little while, um, where we will be going down through our top twelve and maybe a couple extras doing our first. Uh, first round mock draft and then we've got a few exciting things planned for you guys in the preseason we are definitely still going ahead you'll be hearing a lot of my voice uh, hopefully get some guests on and uh, another little surprise I can't quite announce it just yet but we will have a couple of cool things happening this preseason so make sure you stay tuned if you haven't already make sure you subscribe to YouTube give us a thumbs up give us a rating over on iTunes as well that will really help and we are about to get started into season 3 of the preseason fantasy content until then we'll catch you guys later bye Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.